Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 118 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick, and I wanted to start today by saying a couple of words about Howard Finkel, who was, of course, WWE's longtime ring announcer. He passed away last week, unfortunately, at the age of just 69, and probably the best ring announcer in the history of pro wrestling, but on top of that, just a really, really nice guy. I can attest to that firsthand because, you know, I started at WWE. For for those that don't know, and I know I've mentioned this from time to time on here, but my full-time job is with WWE, and I started there three years ago. At the time, I was just a temp. You know, I wasn't full-time. I wasn't part-time. I wasn't really anything. I was just a temp, and I got the chance to meet Howard Finkel about, I'd say, four or five times, and just the nicest guy you would ever run into in your entire life. I mean, every single time I ran into this guy, he acted like we'd been best friends for 30 years. Uh, just just a super nice guy. He's WWE's first ever employee. He had been with the company for almost 40 years. In fact, I think at some point in April here, it would have been his 40-year anniversary as a WWE employee. But like I said, when I first started working there, he was still around the building. He wasn't the ring announcer anymore, but he had a role with WWE, and he was one of the most popular guys in the building. I mean, just very friendly with everybody. A lot of people that I worked closely with were closer friends with him than I was because, you know, they got to know him quite a bit over the years. And in the last couple of years, he hasn't been around the WWE headquarters as much as he had been in the past. But yeah, every single time I met him, just the nicest guy in the world. Still a huge, huge fan of WWE and pro wrestling in general. Uh, You know, and it's funny because, you know, you think like, well, you've been on a job for 40 years. Uh, Maybe at a certain point, you're you're not as into it as you used to be. But that wasn't true with Howard. Uh, He loved talking about the product. He loved talking pro wrestling with anybody. And here I am, somebody who's been in the company for two months. And like I said, just a temp. I wasn't a full timer, wasn't a part timer. Uh, He treated me like, you know, I I was super important to the team. He treated me like I was his best friend. Uh, Just just a great guy. I can't say enough nice things about him. And somebody who was well-respected behind the scenes and just beloved by everybody who knew him, uh, you would have to look a long, long time before you could find anybody who would say anything bad about Howard Finkel. He was that universally beloved. And without getting into too much detail, very, very respected by the wrestlers themselves. Uh, I have a coworker at WWE there who mentioned that certain wrestlers were hard to get in touch with on the phone to do interviews. You know, either they just were hard to track down, or maybe they just didn't necessarily want to do a whole lot of interviews, you know, retired wrestlers at this point, guys who were under no obligation to do any of these interviews, and Howard Finkel was basically the tiebreaker. Like, if if Howard Finkel could get in touch with them, and they said, hey, this guy over here, he's cool, he's fine, he's going to interview you, it's going to be for such and such, trust me, it'll be all right, that was good enough for the wrestler. Uh, Howard Finkel carried that much credibility behind the scenes there, where, you know, somebody who was hard to get in touch with, if Howard Finkel... Uh, gave you the seal of approval, you could interview pretty much any wrestler on the planet. So that just really cool and just a sign of, again, just how loved he was, how respected he was, and obviously the world's really going to miss him. And, you know, again, he was the ring announcer for a lot of the 80s, a lot of the 90s, and he presided over some of the biggest moments in WWE history. I mean, he was at basically every WrestleMania, I believe WrestleMania 1 through WrestleMania 32, he appeared on every single WrestleMania in one capacity or another, mostly as the ring announcer. But everybody's got their favorite Howard Finkel call, and he he really popularized the whole and new, you know, the and new champion call with that booming voice that he had. And one of my favorite calls that he had, and it's not one of the most famous matches WWE has ever done. It's not a match that gets recalled on a daily basis by wrestling fans, but I'm just going to share one that really stands out for me, and that was at WrestleMania 14. Obviously, I'm watching this as a kid, and it's the first WrestleMania I ever saw, 
And the match was the New Age Outlaws defending the tag team titles against Cactus Jack and Terry Funk in a dumpster match. And the way you won this match was you had to put both of your opponents inside of a dumpster and close the lid. It's a long story. I won't get into that. But basically, it's a wild brawl. They fight into the backstage area. There's a situation where Cactus Jack and Terry Funk knock out both of the outlaws. They put them onto a forklift. Stay with me. They put them onto a forklift. They drop them into the dumpster, and they close the lid. A different dumpster in the backstage area. They were supposed to put them in the dumpster at ringside, but instead it's a dumpster in the backstage area. So everybody's confused. It's like, is this going to count in WWE's wacky rules? You know, does this count as a win for these guys? And then you hear Howard Finkel come onto the intercom, and he says, the winners of this match. And then you get, like, a dramatic pause. And new tag team champions. And everybody starts cheering because Cactus Jack and Terry Funk were the good guys. So everybody was really excited there. But I just love that call by by Howard Finkel there. And, you know, if you happen to be a wrestling fan and you haven't seen that match in a while, go back and watch that. You'll see exactly what I'm talking about. But, again, you know, I can't say enough for uh, how much respect he treated me with when I first started working there. He didn't have to do that. He'd been there for almost 40 years. I'd been there for five minutes. And, you know, again, you know, he that's just how he was to everybody. Uh, talking to, you know, my different friends, my different coworkers around the office, uh, nobody ever had anything but just awesome things to say about Howard Finkel, uh, even before he passed away. And so, again, you know, everybody's certainly going to miss him. And uh, rest in peace to the Fink, Howard Finkel. By my humble estimation, the greatest ring announcer of all time and one of the nicest people you'll ever meet. As far as what else is on tap for this week, we're going to have part two of our interview with Bobby Sampson. Obviously, we had part one on Friday's episode. That was episode number 117, so go back and listen to that if you can. Bobby's obviously a huge Philadelphia Flyers fan, so we talked about a couple of Rangers-Flyers moments from over the years. We talked about what's going on with the Rangers. We talked about what's going on with the Flyers, and we talked about some kind of funky ideas as far as how we could restart this season, you know, health permitting and and safety permitting, some different ways to restart the season, uh, how we could determine a Stanley Cup champion this year. So definitely go back and check that out if you missed it. I'm thinking maybe one Wednesday, we'll play part two of our interview with Bobby Sampson. And the other thing going on is, once again, Locked On has kind of handed down some themes to the host to kind of help us get through this lull of having no sports happening right now. And the theme for this week is going to be uh, the greatest moments of your team's current season. There are quite a few we could pick from for the Rangers. We're going to save that toward the end of the episode today. We're going to kind of spread it out throughout the week. We might even have some guests come on to talk about some of their favorite moments of the season so far with the Rangers. But one thing that I definitely want to get to today is Leah Anderson and his comments that he made to a Swedish media outlet. I know I'm going to butcher the pronunciation here, but Goatborgs Posten and... Anderson basically opened up about his time with the Rangers, his time with the Wolfpack, and what's going on with him right now. And in the latest chapter of what's really become kind of a soap opera here with Leas Anderson, it sounds like when he was with the Rangers and then also with the Wolfpack, basically he was staying up till all hours of the night playing video games. And listen, I love video games as much as the next guy, but you got to be a little bit smarter than this. You're playing professional hockey. You need to get sleep when you can get it. There's going to be some late nights. You know, there's so much travel involved that a lot of times, you know, these team flights get in late and you have to go to bed late anyway. But when you have a chance to get a good night's sleep, I think you got to take it. And with Anderson, he was basically staying up to play video games at all hours of the night and then waiting for his friends in Sweden to wake up because of the time difference and, and waiting for them to wake up and get online and play against him. And in fact, it got so bad that he eventually started taking sleeping pills as well. But 
just waiting for his friends to get up, get out of bed, play video games against them, uh, you know, when it was morning over there and late night over here. And just not a recipe for success. You know, you're in the NHL, and I, I realize, you know, you got to have some fun. you got to uh, keep yourself sane. Leah Anderson is just 21 years old. You know, video games, like I said, they're fun, but you got to be a little bit smarter than that. And the other interesting thing here is that Leah Anderson, at no point during this report, again, that he did with Goatborg's Poston, at no point here did he mention anything about anxiety or depression. Uh, he mentioned a lack of confidence. He apparently had started to lack confidence on the ice. Obviously, he went through really a dry spell. I mean, his whole career with the Rangers has basically been a dry spell as far as the point department is concerned because to this point in his NHL career, he's played 66 games, has just nine points, and he really hadn't done a whole lot better with the Hartford Wolfpack this season either. And Again, you know, we've talked about this before as well. The Rangers have done him no favors at the NHL level. They refuse to let him play anywhere other than the fourth line, and they only give him a couple minutes of ice time per night. In fact, in 17 games with the Rangers this season, he had just nine minutes and 32 seconds of ice time per game, and that's just not a recipe for success. It's going to be hard for him to find the score sheet if that's the case. But I don't think this report really paints Leas Anderson in a good light because you know, when he first left the Wolfpack, he, he demands a trade. He leaves the Wolfpack. He goes to play for HV71 in the SHL, and he had been demanding a trade from the Rangers, and, you know, there were a lot of rumors flying around, like, is he being bullied in the locker room? Are the coaches being unfair to him? Uh, is he suffering from anxiety? Is he suffering from depression? At no point in this article did he mention any of those things. Now, it's still possible that maybe Leah Anderson, if any of these things are going on, any of those things that I just mentioned, maybe he wants to play it a little bit close to the vest. He doesn't want to come out and talk about it right now. But it sounds like he had a chance to open up here, and the only thing that he really mentioned was he was lacking in confidence and that he had gotten into some bad habits staying up all night playing video games. So... Yeah, this does not make him look good, this report here. Assuming we finally now have the whole truth here, which we may or may not. But the other thing I don't like is that, you know, when those rumors are flying, and he was asked about this in an interview not that long ago when he didn't really reveal that much, and he was asked about, you know, his teammates bullying him. At no point did Leas Anderson step up and say, no, you know what, man, I love my teammates. Those guys are great. I had nothing to do with them. This is my own thing that I was going through. Why wouldn't he say that? If he, in fact, was not being bullied in the locker room, then why wouldn't he immediately dispel those rumors, those notions? And for whatever reason, he didn't feel compelled to do that. And now we have a situation, or at least we did at the time, where people are scratching their head and kind of looking at that Hartford Wolfpack locker room and saying, man, what's going on in there? Were these guys just being mean to Leas Anderson for no reason? And now, I mean, after this most recent interview, again, Leas Anderson at no point mentions being bullied or anything like that. So I think he could have done a better job stepping up and making sure everybody knew that it had nothing to do with his teammates, if that, in fact, is the case, as to why things just were not working out for him at the Wolfpack. And as far as the whole lack of confidence thing is concerned, I mean, look, I feel for him a little bit because, yes, it, it's it's rough when you're playing a sport and you just don't have it. You know, you go through a game where you just don't have it. You go through a stretch of games where you're just kind of in a slump. You're just not feeling it. Uh, you just can't find your A game for whatever reason. You can't do the things that you need to do to help your teammates win games. And you want to contribute and you want to help the team badly. And, and for whatever reason, it just doesn't come together for you. But that's just the thing. I don't care how good you are. I don't care if you're Mike Trout or Ken Griffey Jr. I don't know why I'm naming baseball players. Let's switch this to hockey. Alex Ovechkin, Sidney Crosby, uh, even Wayne Gretzky. I, I assume at one point in his life, maybe Wayne Gretzky had a slump. But if your name's not Wayne Gretzky, at some point... In your life, 
whatever sport it is, you want to go to basketball, you know, Michael Jordan, you want to go to football, uh, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, everybody has gone through a slump at one time or another. Everybody has gone through some trials and tribulations. Everybody has had that stretch of play where it's just like, man, I just don't have it right now. Like, what is going on here? And Leah Sanderson is no different. You know, you have to be able to handle the downswings a little bit. You have to be able to handle the tough times. It makes the sweet times that much better. And for Leah Sanderson to, you know, maybe be struggling with his confidence a little bit, man, just put your head down and fight through it a little bit. That's what you got to do sometimes. The NHL, pro sports in general, they're filled with guys who have faced some adversity at one time or another, whether on the field or away from it, guys who have had to, to fight through some things and come out on the other end a, a better player. And, you know, Leah Sanderson, you're not going to go through your whole career where everything is just awesome. And everything is just perfect all the time, and you're stuffing the, the score sheet every single night, you're going to have some adversity from time to time. So, you know, again, I, I feel him. You know, I'm, he's just 21 years old. I get the feeling he's the type of player, and especially looking at his stats as well, who has had success just about anywhere he's been. So when it doesn't happen, when it doesn't come naturally, when you're over here playing for the Rangers and the Wolfpack in a country you're unfamiliar with and you're struggling, that's got to be tough especially being so far away from your friends and family. But again, you know, you, you got to put your head down and just fight through it a little bit. I don't think I'm being completely unfair by saying that. As far as how Anderson has performed with HV71, again, that is a team in the Swedish Hockey League. Uh, he's done pretty well, actually. He's skated in 15 games with that team. He has seven goals and five assists in that time. I mean, again, that's just stats. You know, I haven't seen him play. I haven't broken down film of him playing in this Swedish Hockey League, but you know, almost a point-per-game clip, uh, that's certainly better than he was doing in Hartford and obviously with the Rangers. So, you know, good to see him performing well. But at this point, you know, I just wonder, you know, he's still under contract next season with the Rangers. At this point, though, I have to wonder if a trade isn't what's best for both sides. Uh, it's just one of those things with Leah Anderson. It's just been one thing after the next, after the next, after the next, on and on and on and on. It just seems like it's always something. Again, not always Leah Anderson's fault. I think the Rangers could have used him better on the NHL team. But be that as it may, things have just not worked out for Leah Anderson. And he's skated in 69 games with the Rangers. He's played a bunch with the Hartford Wolfpack as well. And maybe a change of scenery is best for everyone. The problem is the Rangers selected this guy with the number seven overall draft pick, and now you probably have to sell him for dimes on the dollar, if you will. You know, the Rangers are not going to get what you should be able to get for a guy who went number seven overall in the draft. So we'll see what happens again. You know, I think a change of scenery might be best for everybody, and if you're the Rangers, maybe just take what you can get for him at this point. I don't know if the bridges have been burned. Maybe, you know, John Davidson, I know, has talked to him a little bit. Maybe he can kind of coax him back into the field over here. But, yeah, it's just getting to the point where it's hard to imagine Leah Sanderson being a big-time major contributor on the New York Rangers. Crazier things have certainly happened, but he has certainly gotten off to an inauspicious start with the Rangers ever since being drafted by the team. And it's one thing for you guys to just listen to me sit here and go on and on and on about Leah Sanderson, but I'll end this whole segment by just reading a couple of quotes from Leah Sanderson himself in this article. Uh, there's this one about the video games. He said, I sat and played video games all night, just waiting for the Swedes to wake up at home to go to work so I could call and talk some trash. It was bad habits. And then later he mentioned this, you know, as far as he was asked about, you know, what's in his future? Is he just going to keep playing here in the SHL? Is he going to go back to the NHL? What's it looking like is going to happen next for Leah Sanderson? And this is what he said in response to that. He said, I have no idea what's going on. No idea whatsoever. I just practice and see what happens. I'm open to anything. 
And yeah, I mean, that's just, you know, you hear stuff like that. And it's just these wishy-washy, oh, I don't know, just kind of shrugging his shoulder kind of answers. You just hear this stuff. It's just not encouraging. He's kind of, he's a difficult guy to figure out, especially when you only hear from him once every couple of months. And like I said, you just kind of get these wishy-washy kind of quotes where it's just a non-answer. I mean, does he want to be on the Rangers? Does he want to eventually fight his way back onto the NHL team and earn his way into, you know, a significant role with the Rangers? He never really says anything like that. He just kind of shrugs and acts like everything is completely out of his hands. Well, it's not completely out of his hands. If he comes up with better habits and starts playing the way that he's capable of playing and, you know, just gets his head on straight and starts playing better hockey, it is in his hands. You know, he controls his own destiny. And I, I think he's got to realize that. Again, I, I hope all the best for him. You know, I hope that whatever he's going through, it's something that he can overcome. And I hope that at some point he can play for the Rangers and be a great player for the Rangers. That would be great for everyone. Be great for the Rangers. Be great for Leah Anderson. It'd be kind of a cool story of, you know, redemption and overcoming some adversity, whatever, you know, might be going on with Leah Anderson. But he's got he's the one that's got to make it happen. It, it comes down to, to Leah Anderson being willing and able to battle his way back, and make it happen. The other thing I wanted to mention here, and I mentioned this because I'd like to see NHL players do something similar, is on MLB.com, if you go there now, you can find the MLB The Show 2020 Players League. And basically what this is, is you have one player from all 30 MLB teams, and they basically play MLB The Show, the video game, against each other online. And you can watch along on Twitch. Some of the guys are on YouTube. You can basically just watch them play these games against each other. They have full standings and everything. The way it works is everybody is going to play everybody once. So there are 30 teams at the end of the regular season, which everybody will play 29 games. You will have... Eight teams make the postseason. The first two rounds are best of three, and then the championship is going to be best of five. And I just think it's a lot of fun. I watched it for the first time the other night. And for you Yankees and Mets fans out there, for the Yankees, we've got Tommy Canely uh, playing as the Yankees. He is now, let's see, he's 7-5. and five. He started 0-5 in this league and has now won seven in a row. So Canely has really bounced back nicely. And then for you Mets fans, uh, Jeff McNeil is playing for you guys, and he currently leads the NL East with a record of 11-3. and three. So McNeil really off to a great start there. But it's just cool. You know, there's friendly banter uh, between the players and from the players to the fans. You know, if you there's a chat bar on Twitch, and if you type something in there, you know, they'll see your question and they'll answer it. I was asking Tommy Canely what some of his favorite baseball movies are. He mentioned Field of Dreams and Major League. He's a big fan of The Sandlot as well. But it's just really cool. It's a really interactive thing. And, hey, as far as live sports go, this is about the best we can do right now. I know we can watch classic games, and, you know, I've certainly done my fair share of that, watching some 1994 New York Rangers games, watching uh, some games from 2014, that great run they had to the Stanley Cup Finals. But as far as live sports go and games that you're not sure what's going to happen, this is the best we got. And as cool as this is, you know, watching these baseball players play each other, I would also love to see the NHL do the same thing. And you could play NHL 20 or whatever the latest NHL video game is. I'm not even sure. But you could have one player from every team and just do an entire season, you know, while while everybody is stuck inside. As far as who on the Rangers could play, I mean, Artemi Panarin's hilarious. I'd love to see him. Tony D'Angelo, obviously a big personality there. Maybe he could play. 
Uh, maybe somebody like Ryan Strom. Ryan Strom seems like a pretty cool dude as well. And so, yeah, no, really no way you could go wrong. There's really no way to mess this up. Just find uh, one player on every NHL team who happens to play video games, put them into a season against each other, and, hey, we can all watch live hockey, live virtual hockey, but live hockey nonetheless, and we can cheer on whoever decides to play for the Rangers. I just think it'd be a cool idea. So, you know, if NHL wants to put something like that together, I'm all for it. But let's go ahead right now and jump into the lockdown theme of the week, and that is, of course, the best games so far this season. I've got a couple written down here, and we're not going to rank them. We're not really going to have a countdown like we've done in the past. I've done a lot of those recently anyway. And I wanted to start with what I consider to be Henrik Lundqvist's best performance of the season, and it occurred on November 7th in Carolina. Henrik Lundqvist stops 41 of 43 shots against the Hurricanes, to key the Rangers 4-2 win. And I'm, I know this has been a trying season for Henrik Lundqvist. It, it's probably his weakest season as a professional hockey player. Obviously, that has a lot to do with the fact that he's up there in age. He turned 38 years old this season. He has one more year left on his contract after this one. But this was a vintage Henrik Lundqvist performance. And it's one of those games where he not only gave the Rangers a chance to win, he was the reason why they won. He made every different type of conceivable save that a goalie can make in a hockey game. Just absolutely stood on his head, stoned the Hurricanes, and like I said, stopped 41 of 43 shots. A uh, lot of defensive miscues by the Rangers. Again, this was early in the season. We know the Rangers were a little bit more prone to making mistakes and having defensive lapses early in the season than they are now. They've obviously tightened that up a little bit as time has gone on this season, and that's one of the biggest reasons why they find themselves now just two points out of a playoff spot with the season on pause. But regardless, Lundqvist didn't always get a ton of help in this game, but nevertheless, he picked his team up, made a bunch of big saves, and like I said, the main reason why the Rangers won this game. And it's great to see that even in a season where, you know, Henrik Lundqvist obviously not putting up career numbers across the board, he can still step up at times, he can still give you a strong performance every now and then, and he can still be a big-time reason why the Rangers skate off of a hockey rink with two points, and we saw that in this game here and just to go through some of the highlights, there was a sequence early in this game where he made four saves in the span of about six or seven seconds. I mean, it was right pad save, and then he dives to his left to make a save, and then there's another shot, and he's blockering it away. Toward the end of the first period, the Rangers had a one to nothing lead, and he made a couple of really nice stops there. Early in the second period, he made an excellent blocker save against Jacob Slavin, kind of knocked it up into the air, caught it with his glove, hangs on. And you can already see it on the faces of the Hurricanes at this point in the game. They're already getting frustrated. They're, they already can't really understand why they can't get this puck past Henrik Lundqvist because he just will not let them score. Then there's an instance where the Rangers have a bad turnover. The Canes are looking for a tipping goal, and Lundqvist slides to his right, stays with a deflection, steers it away from the net. Then we get to the third period. He made a great left skate save from point-blank range. I mean, full extension, barely keeping the puck out of the net. He made a couple of stops on some odd man rushes in the third period. Rangers used to give those up in, in a surplus, you know, early in the season. A lot of odd man rushes against the Rangers. But then we go late in the third period. The Rangers are up 3-2, about two minutes left. The puck goes behind the Ranger net. It comes in front. Nobody picked up the Carolina Hurricane coming in. Didn't quite catch who it was. But regardless, Lundqvist with another excellent save right there on the doorstep, keeping the puck out of the nut and preserving the lead. The Rangers add an empty netter. They win 4-2. But this is the last truly brilliant Henrik Lundqvist performance that I think we saw this year. I mean, like, brilliant. Big time, just immovable A-plus type goaltender stuff. I know he had a couple good games after this, and he even had a shutout against the Detroit Red Wings uh, coming out of the All-Star break, but 
you know, it's the Detroit Red Wings, and you know, not not to pick on them, but they're, you look at their record; they are what they are. To me, this was Henrik Lundqvist's best performance of the season. He was absolutely outstanding, and to me, one of the most enjoyable moments, one of the best moments of the year. Because again, we all know Henrik Lundqvist is on the back nine, and I hate to even throw this out there, but at this point, it's at least possible that we have seen the last of Henrik Lundqvist in the NHL. I know you got to let that sink in for a minute. But you think about it, I mean, the season's in pause right now. There's no guarantee that it's going to resume and that we're going to be able to crown a Stanley Cup champion. I think the NHL, you know, they're they're looking at all possibilities. It's great that they're exploring every option, but you can't restart the season at the risk of the health of all the players and fans. So we'll see what happens there. But, you know, obviously, if this season doesn't resume, then Henrik Lundqvist, just like everybody else, is not going to play again this season. Now, he is under contract for next season, but you've got that three-headed goalie monster now with Shesterkin and Georgiev and Lundqvist. Would the Rangers consider buying out Henrik Lundqvist and, you know, just kind of sending him on his way? It's at least possible. Uh, I hope that doesn't happen. I hope that, you know, they find some way to keep him in the fold for next season. But it's going to be tricky with all three goalies. And I know Alex Georgiev is a restricted free agent. And it's possible that maybe there's a team out there that pays Alex Georgiev a little bit more than the Rangers would like to pay him because it's looking like Shesterkin will be the man going forward. And if somebody comes up to Alex Georgiev with a big offer, I can't see the Rangers uh, making a big-time, big-money offer to a guy who's going to be their backup goalie. They've never done it in the past. We've seen them show the door to guys like Antti Ranta, guys like Cam Talbot, who were both, you know, big-time, strong backup goalies. So if they didn't break the bank for a backup goalie back then, I don't think they're going to do it now. So maybe under that circumstance, it'd be easier to keep Henrik Lundqvist around as Shesterkin's backup next season. But yeah, we got to face reality. It's at least possible that Lundqvist has played his last game in the NHL. And, you know, if I had to predict, I would say that's probably not the case. I think under one circumstance or another, one scenario or another, I think we will see Henrik Lundqvist back with the Rangers next year. I hope that's the case. You know, I, I, I hope that he can kind of grow into a role as, as being a good backup. And, and I realize that's not easy to do. Henrik Lundqvist, a guy who's used to being out there, used to playing every night for the Rangers throughout his entire career. So to ask him to do something different, as he's being asked to do right now, uh, sharing time in the crease with two other guys, and next year, at least one other guy, if not two other guys, it's not always easy. You know, it's not easy to go from being a franchise goalie to a guy who's going to play sparingly in a backup role, but hopefully Henrik Lundqvist can stick around. But yeah, to me, that was just vintage Henrik Lundqvist on November 7th against the Carolina Hurricanes. That was his best performance of the season and just a joy to watch that night, seeing Henrik Lundqvist be the reason why the Rangers won the game. But yeah, that's going to pretty much do it for today. Like I said, you know, we got some fun things coming later this week. We're going to continue to talk about some of the best moments of the Rangers season. We're going to have part two of our interview with Bobby Sampson, and I'm going to look to line up a couple of other guests for you guys. Got a couple of things cooking right now. We'll, we'll see where they go. But until then, you know, just stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll all get through this thing together. It's going to be really nice, you know, whenever we get a chance to go back to some live sporting events. You know, I'm a big concert goer as well. That's going to be a lot of fun. It might take some time, but eventually we'll get there. Let's just all just hang in there together, get through this whole mess together. And that will do it for today. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Now go ahead and tell your smart device to play the latest episode of Locked On NHL. Thanks again for tuning in. I'll see you next time.